Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Little T's Big Interviews. I am Tess Eggison and today I will be interviewing an actress, comedian, writer, and award-winning podcast host, Mrs. Janie Haddad Tompkins. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Shall we get started? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to our chat. Awesome. So, when much of the country was shut down due to COVID-19, you and your husband launched a podcast called the Stay F. Homekins podcast about, well, about staying at home. How did you come up with the idea of sharing your humorous conversations with people around the world? Well, we were definitely um, in, a, in a situation where back in the spring of 2020, um, and the initial lockdown was going on, um, where we thought, oh gosh, what are we going to do in order to sort of keep ourselves entertained and sort of stay creative and feel like we're doing something productive while we're also really not allowed to go out and see other people. We were really only stuck with one another in, in our home. <laughs> and we had recording equipment already um, in the garage, and we thought, oh my gosh, we should set up that uh, recording equipment and have a podcast. And Paul, my husband, is already on a lot of different podcasts. Um, some of them are more comedic, um, like there's improv involved or characters involved. But um, this one, we just thought, well, what if we just recorded our conversation um, instead um, and have sort of like, you know, a date night with each other at home, but we'll turn on the recording equipment and uh, share it with people as if they were having dinner with us, like at a dinner party or something. And we really didn't think anyone would listen. <laughs> Or if they did listen, it was okay. Or if they didn't listen, that was fine too. Um, however, some people tuned in and then we ended up having this really fun experience of sharing this podcast with a lot of different listeners and they would write into us and, you know, we shared uh, our posts on, on social media and it was just like a really um, rewarding experience of, of connecting with, with people that were also going through this very weird and uncertain time. That's so fun. And what is one podcast question you love to talk about? Um, personally, I, I don't mind talking about um, current events. Um, I, even though I know like that can be a tough thing to talk about on a podcast because you kind of want your podcast to stay relevant um, in case people discover your podcast uh, down the line and they're not listening in real time, like when it, when it drops and everything. Um, but I'm always sort of like uh, following current events and stuff like that. So, so I don't, I don't mind talking about how people are feeling about like what's going on in the world. Um, at the time when we started the podcast, like we would talk about COVID and, you know, we were trying to figure out like what, you know, what is the future of this, of this pandemic and stuff. So, but um, then people sort of, you know, they did respond and they, they wanted to hear, they wanted more escape and talking about other things. So we kind of allowed that to take over as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have acted in commercials, hit TV shows on stage and on film. You are a pro. Yeah. 
Um, but <laughs> do you ever get nervous? And if so, how do you deal with your nerves? That's a really good question. Um, I, yes, absolutely. Uh, I get nervous. Um, so I, a lot of times, what, like the way that my nervousness works, it'll be right at the beginning of something. So if, for example, if I'm acting in a play, um, it, it'll be like that initial going out on stage right before going out on stage and then being out on stage for that first moment. And then the muscle memory will take over. And that's when uh, my nerves tend to subside. It's the same when I'm filming something where uh, that first moment where you're kind of like when the director is like action, you know, and then once things get going, that's when my nervousness tends to subside. So it's that very like anticipation and first moment part that is the most heightened uh, uh, like period of nervousness for me. And the way that I've tried to sort of like manage um, all of the emotions and anxiety about about doing something that feels very vulnerable or scary or risky is to really just kind of focus on my breathing and also to get outside of my head and really think about what is the purpose of doing this. It's not about me necessarily, but it is more about bringing this larger story to a group of people and that can sometimes take over and take my take my uh, anxiety emotions outside of myself when I when I really focus on things being sort of a larger purpose. Um, but it's still hard to it doesn't totally go away. It's more just a matter a matter of managing them and finding um, and navigating my way through those feelings of discomfort. So so yes, I definitely get nervous. And that's, I just try to breathe and think in a bigger, more global way, as opposed to like a self-centered kind of way, if I can. <laughs> Interesting. And you have earned a lot of fans playing Margaret on the animated series, The Regular Show. How do you develop yes. a persona and a voice for your characters? Well, that is a very good question because it kind of is a bit, um, it varies from role to role. For example, when I first auditioned for the role of Margaret on regular show for Cartoon Network, it was back in 2009. And I specifically remember that the instructions uh, for the person auditioning was that they wanted a very kind of like natural sound um, that was... Uh, uh, less of a vocal mask and more of something that was like closer to to the essence of who you were as a person and just a coolly back uh character description so for me that one was kind of easy because i find myself a lot more challenged when i'm being called upon to create more of like a vocal mask or a character sound i find it a lot easier for me personally as a performer to bring more of my own personality and essence into something so for for that particular part that was just that coincidentally happened to be a good match um so i guess i just take it role by role and audition by audition and kind of allow what people are looking for to sort of inform where i might go with what i what i offer in, in the in the moment mm -hmm. 
that's great. You write comedy, scripts, characters, interview questions, and more. Yes. Do you ever get writer's block, and how do you shake it off? You know, I absolutely get writer's block. When I'm experiencing writer's block, I it's mostly um, it's a it's confusing for me personally because I feel like sometimes it's just like a lack of discipline on my own part where I become very easily distracted where I'm like, oh, I want to do this other fun thing instead of sit down and write what I'm supposed to be writing or what I want to be writing. Um, something that I've like discovered for myself that helps with, with writer's block is I personally do well under deadlines versus having just an open-ended um, schedule where I'm like, oh, I want to write this script and it doesn't matter when it's due. So I, I, I found, I learned this years ago about myself where if I am entering my script into a competition or something or some kind of like workshop or something, um, sometimes I just pay the fee to enter the competition and I don't even worry if I win it or don't win it because that false deadline or it's a real deadline, I guess, if I'm entering it into a competition, but that structure of a deadline tends to allow me to really sit down and, and, and write. Um, so I kind of just like force myself into, into deadline. <laughs> That's how I deal with it. Um, but I think everyone who writes and creates like um, experiences writer's block. And I don't think that that is something that can, that has to be an obstacle because I think that if we all just sort of acknowledge that it's part of the creative process, um, even though it's uncomfortable and painful, you know, that eventually it passes. That's wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to be an outspoken, creative woman in a mostly male-dominated industry. How do you make mm -hmm. yourself heard in a big group of performers and writers? Um, I don't know if I have succeeded in that, in making <laughs> myself heard. Um, I guess I think one of the, that is a very uh, difficult uh, thing to navigate. Um, because, I've, because I've done this a long enough time, what I feel like the best thing to do is try to align yourself with like-minded artists and colleagues who tend to respect their fellow colleagues um, and really form an alliance with those types of people. Um, in terms of, you know, the sort of landscape of, of uh, um, not being heard or not, you know, not getting a seat at the table, that kind of a thing. If I do have uh, sort of find myself in a situation where there are other toxic people around me, um, I don't know if I've really mastered how to break through that. I just am able to sort of think to myself, wow, these people are, are unhealthy and toxic to be around um, for my next, for my next project. I think I only want to be around uh, emotionally safe people, but I know that's not always, you're not always able to choose that. Um, I'm still working on that. That is something I'm still working on. But I guess just try to always stay centered. Don't let other people kind of destabilize you 
in the moment, um, which is easier said than done. And just, uh, you know, don't allow yourself to believe that you shouldn't be heard because, you know, what, what our cre- creativity, creative ventures are typically, a, at least in this industry, are a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are a comedian who loves to make people laugh, but what makes you laugh? Um, I love character-driven humor. So for me, um, I like I watch a lot of television. So um, usually, um, the types of comedies I'm drawn to on TV are sort of ensemble pieces where it's made up of performers who really lean into interesting characters. That has always been a thing I like more than just like written jokes where it's a, a setup and a punchline. Those are funny too, but I think that the way people respond um, in situations that are unique to them and, and more specific, the better, that always, always makes me laugh. Like that's the kind of thing I like. And that leads me to the next question. Have you ever tried to make someone laugh and they didn't respond? I, that is a good question. Let me think hard. Have I ever tried to make anyone laugh and they didn't respond? I think that there have been (laughs) a lot of situations in my life where I have tried to make someone laugh or be funny and instead, and they may not have, um, gotten my humor and they will take it sort of literally as opposed to maybe I was making like a some like a sarcastic remark or observation that was not necessarily literal and then I have to explain oh I didn't really mean it like that I was trying to be humorous and that's always uh embarrassing in the moment (laughs) but so yes that has definitely happened me too too many numerous times to to list but but of course like there are so many times i uh i've encountered other people that don't um i guess you could say get my humor or get my personality right out of the gate and i think that's just um one of the difficulties of being a human being (laughs) is that we aren't instantly understood um and, uh, yeah, it doesn't always feel good, but I feel, you know, but it's not any reflection on anybody's shortcomings, I think. It's <laughs> just how sometimes it's difficult to, con- you know, to, to interact. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, sadly, our time is almost up. So do you mind if I ask you one more question? Absolutely. I would love it. Great. You and my mom are both from West Virginia. What's one fun thing to do, see, or eat that you enjoy when you go back there? Well, I happen to be from a really big Lebanese family that a lot of them are still in West Virginia. So when I visit West Virginia and I get to see um, some of my relatives um, in my Lebanese family, um, a lot of times there is a lot of homemade Lebanese food, which is really delicious. And I love having it and sharing it with my, with my family members. So for me, I equate that with going back to West Virginia. 
And the other thing that I like to do, which I haven't done since I was younger, it's been ages since I've done this, but I've always thought I would love to do it again one day, which is to try um, white water rafting. There's some really good white water rapids in West Virginia. And the couple of times I've tried it when I was younger, I loved it. And I would love to try it again one day. And um, West Virginia is a beautiful place with a lot of natural beauty. Um, and that is something I would like to do. And I would also like to visit the New River Gorge now because it has been designated as a national park status. And that's a new uh, designation. So that's something I'd like to do. Yeah. That sounds super fun. Thank you yeah. so much for taking time out of your day to do this. I really appreciate it. Have a great Thank day. Thank you so much, Tess. Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. My sources include imdb.com and the Stay Up Homekins podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll have another Little T's Big interview out shortly.